Antonio Dominguez and I'm Linda Coogan and you're listening to Wine, the the long and the the short short of it. it. So a question, Antonia, that I am always asked and uh, it's basically, how did I get into wine? Well, how did you get into wine, Linda? Well, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, Well, now, hang on a minute. Is that question about how you get into wine from a personal point of view or from a professional point of view? Um, so basically, both. I'm yeah, both a bit okay. of both. People ask, you know, how did you get into wine? It's so fascinating, it's so romantic, yeah. and it's so exciting. I'm like, the part that you see absolutely is the part that I do behind the scenes isn't always as glamorous. But I suppose if we can tell people a little bit about our story, how we got into wine, and if somebody is interested in starting on the full wine appreciation, apart from listening to this podcast and learning loads of information, of if they want to actually get into learning a bit more how they could do it. Um, Okay, well, my story is quite um, straightforward. I was born in Jerez, uh, in Spain. Jerez. J-E-R-E-Z, spelling lesson. Another spelling lesson. (laughs) Um, Jerez. So for those people who don't know Jerez, it's about an hour south of Seville, in the south coast of Spain. And it's the land of the sherry. The word Jerez actually means sherry in Spanish. So if you haven't been there, put it on your destination list because it's it's such a beautiful town. I suppose it's one of those towns that always had a little bit of wealth because of the sherry industry that prospered over centuries and um, it's beautiful because, you know, literally you can smell the sherry when you get off the plane on um, when you land in Jerez Airport. You can you can um, smell the sherry. Well, I can at least. I can't wait to take a trip with you. Yes. You keep promising me this but we need to go, don't we? Definitely on the cards. Uh, and for any wine lover, they need to go. Um, you know, those those beautiful sherry barrels on the streets everywhere you go and just bodegas everywhere you go. So, um, so yeah, my I was born there. My father was from there and I still have a huge amount of family down there. And um, I suppose we were always around wine. And um, later in life, when we were doing the Sunday roasts as a child uh, back in Ireland, we always had this little sherry barrel in the house. I don't know um, mm-hmm. how he got it home from Spain. I think it was on one of our driving <laughs> trips. Yeah. But um, my father used to do business trips down to Spain and uh, and he used to come back with a big um, drum of um, Amontillado or you know, whatever sherry nice. was going into the barrel. And uh, that was pre-Ryanair days, of course. Um, how much so did that cost you to bring a barrel? How much back? <laughs> Good question. Liquids. Put them in the bag. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so I was always around at w- and, and wine was always served at mealtimes. And, you know, my, my fondest memories of growing up were of um, us sitting around a table around, a, you know, mealtime when there was great food. My mom was a fabulous cook and so was he and he and my father always cooked Spanish food. And we would, um, yeah, we would always, there would always be fantastic wine um, and happy memories and um Later in life, then I didn't get into wine straight away. I went about my business going to college, studying economics, and then I did a law degree and I was not working in wine whatsoever, 
when my um, father kind of called me one day from Madrid and said, I'm setting up a wine export company amongst the other businesses he was he had going on at the time. And will you come over and help me set this up? Exciting. That's like that's kind of like a dream come true for someone who- you know, it's exciting. It's not something well, that you'd you come across. If you knew my father, you might no, no, no. agree that it was a <laughs> no, dream come true. At but, time. but just for someone like living in Ireland, like to, to work in something, it sounds very romantic and exotic. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, the mechanics of it were probably not so exciting <laughs> or romantic or exotic. <laughs> but um, I left a secure, stable, well-paid job to go to Spain Um and um, things took a turn. My my father's main business um, got a hit, and he had to he had to divert his attention wholly to to the business and all of that. But I had spent enough time with him visiting wineries um, all over Spain that I caught the bug, and we had gone out to China because this was the market that my father at the time wanted to focus on. And when we got over there, we saw there was great potential in the market, and so. Having caught the bug, um, even though my father couldn't uh, pursue this project, I decided I, w- I wanted to. And I went about um, finding investment and setting up the company. And I spent um, the guts of 12 years exporting to China and setting up a company, an import company in Shanghai. Um, so we were both exporting from Spain from on behalf of wineries all over Spain and importing in Shanghai. Um, bringing the wines into China because it's it's a very difficult market there, as I'm sure you know. But there's a, a very specific structure around how you import and how you distribute, and it's very bureaucratic. And it takes I think I totally underestimated what it would take, but um, no, we did we did well enough in the end. And I was uh, I had after twelve years, I had my fill of um, doing that that triangle, you know, Dublin, Madrid, or Spain in general. Shanghai and all over China, traveling to China six times a year. Um, tell me something in, in Chinese. Can you say wine in Chinese for me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you better be able I to. I should be able, able to. to do, okay, say something to do with wine. No, I do know because, but I can't remember. Okay, oh we'll come God, back to you. My okay. brain has gone to mush. That's okay. You've, um, you know, it's fine. Yeah, I didn't pick up that much Chinese. <laughs> Obviously. <being> <laughs> Okay, so 12 years, so you have a lot of background, a law degree, all this, and then you can't speak a word of Chinese. That's shocking. I know, it's terrible. Um, Um, I actually tried going to Chinese classes for years and um, to no avail. Before the end of this podcast, I'm going to find the word for (laughs) the Chinese word for wine and we're going to re-record this because I can't embarrass myself to this extent. This is hilarious. Um, Okay, I actually didn't think that that would be, you know, a big deal for you, but there you go. She's not perfect, people. She's not (laughs) perfect. Um, Um, So that's it. Yeah, so that's the background. And then and now I'm working in, in, in retail in Ireland, which I was very happy to do having had 12, um, you know, challenging years working in, in the international scene, I suppose. Here I am. And it's funny because we we had both heard that each other was working in the wine industry, but we didn't come, we didn't bump into each other till a, a good few years ago. Um, and I can see why you were busy between uh, Madrid and Shanghai. So, mm. um, yeah, really interesting. And uh, yeah, wow. the other thing I would say is, um, and this is applies to people in general looking to get into wine, obviously it helps the sooner you get into sort of the academic world of wine, um, I think the the more doors it will open up for you and just as your knowledge expands. Um, so obviously the WSET, I started that um, 
Um, I started that, I think, in my early 30s once I was working in, in wine and I just continued that and it led me to do where I am now, um, which is obviously on the Master Wine Programme. So I do think it's important because um, they kind of go hand in hand, I think. And not everybody who works in wine has to be academically qualified, but if you want credibility and you want people to really listen to what you have to say, um, you know, it helps. So you probably knew kind of that that was the industry you were going to get into kind of from a younger age, whereas um, I just dated someone. who <laughs> Go on, tell us your story. <laughs> who happened to be a sommelier in some fancy restaurants in LA and New York. And I, you know, he met me, fell in love, obviously. And obviously. <laughs> ob- ob- obviously. And uh, this was 20 odd years ago. And um, but, uh, you know, we dated and he introduced me to the world of wine um, by bringing me out, whining and dining me in the best restaurants in Dublin. Took me all around Ireland, Kinsale, you know, Dingle, Killybegs, all the like hotspots for like fabulous, fresh seafood and restaurants and everything. So um, it was an amazing introduction to the world of wine. And at the time, like 20 plus years ago, there wasn't the most amazing, exciting wine lists around the place. But he would, you know, look in advance and ring them up and say, will you fax me? Fax. Do you remember a fax machine? Oh my God. No, I swear to God, there was no like phone. (laughs) I'm actually not that old. It talk about 20 years ago, but um, he would say, you know, can you fax me your wine list? And, uh, you know, or we'd look at, ring them on, on, you know, golden pages and and see what they had to offer. But, um, yeah, so we, 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 Wined and dined all around the country and uh, I just fell in love with wine. Not necessarily him, but wine. And uh, like he was he was a great influence. He was a good few years older than me. And he had lots of experience working in L.A. and New York in top restaurants. So it was brilliant experience. So I just kind of accidentally fell into it. Like I again was working in accountancy and property at the time. So um, I just did it as a hobby. Um, but then I got got the bug as well. And I, I just, you know, I loved it. And it was something I was really good at. And, you know, friends wanted to say, will you do a wine tasting for us? And, you know, you, but I think your passion is addictive. People go, oh, wow, you know, they're really excited about this and they want to learn more from you. So it was just accidental. And um, so at what point did you decide to jack in the old job and commit yourself to the wine profession? Um, well, I suppose when I, I moved to London, I was working on property and accounts in London and I said every every single day of my annual leave was actually going to do wine courses or visit wineries and things like that. And I was like on my own, like completely on my own. And I thought, you know what, there's something that I need to be doing. So I decided to move back to Dublin and do the diploma, WSET diploma, which is level four. So in London, I did one, two, three, four. I don't know, one, two, three. And I, I came home to do the diploma, which was a two year course and a big investment. Like, you know, it's nearly five grand of, of a commitment. So I was working in, in property and accounts until then. And then I decided, right, that's it. I'm going to take a lower paid job <laughs> in in retail. And that's the thing. It's not as glamorous as you think. Like I took, I'd say, more than a 50% cut in my salary. But I, I followed something that I was passionate about. So, yeah. And 12 years on, here I am. Yeah. So what are the tips you would give people who really want to get into the way? Maybe they're, maybe they're young and, you know, just ambitious to get into the wine industry. Or maybe they're in a different different career and they like like what happened to yourself and myself they want to make the the switch so i would say um 
A couple of things, I suppose. Number one is find some mutual wine-loving friends and try and start your own little wine club. Um, meet monthly and do blind tastings and kind of learn from each other. That would be the first thing I'd say if you, and see if you're interested. Um, I started off, I remember back in, oh God, I can't remember what year, but I bought my godparents a... Um, wine appreciation course in Gibneys in Malahide and we used to go every Thursday and I bought it for the two of them and they bought it for me and we used to go for an early bird meal have a bottle of wine beforehand and went in and did the, the class for two two and a half hours and we learned so much and we got our ISO tasting glasses and we just did a six or eight week course and learned so much from that that we all became a bit more appreciative of you know how to enjoy wine and not just drink it for the sake of it um, so that would be find a local wine appreciation course, uh, start your own little wine tasting club. And um, then if you are still interested, you could look down the WSCT course, which is Wine Educational Spirit and Trust, which is a global body. Um, not sponsoring this podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, level one is basically this is white, this is red, you know, and the different flavour profiles. But level two and three are excellent in terms of for a newbie to wine or somebody who actually wants to get into the trade. Level four is what both of us have, the diploma. Unless you're working in the trade, I wouldn't recommend that anybody needs to have that. If you can, like, take a, a retail job part-time and just be around wine and be around the retail scene and just get a feel for it and obviously go to as many tastings as possible. I mean, I was very new to the Irish wine scene up till a few years ago mm-hmm. because my focus had been all, you know, to, to the export markets. And um, it's been an eye opener. I yeah. mean, it's the same people going to the to the tastings, um, you know, it's the same people sharing a passion and all networking and bouncing off each other and opening doors for each other. And um, we have we are members of Wine Spirit Women, which deserves a mention because it is a networking group of women in the wine industry, but not just women in the wine industry and sorry, wine and spirits Spirit. and beverage industry. Mm-hmm but also just people who have an interest in those uh, in those beverages. So it's a great place um, for, for meeting people and getting mentorship and guidance. And I think I recruited two new people today only. Brilliant. It's just, you know, um, but again, it's, it's mainly for people working in a trade, I suppose. But again, if you're working part time in a wine shop, it's a great eye opener to see if it is for you or not. And it, with wine, all the jobs are kind of stepping stones, I suppose, into different areas of wine. Wine recommendation, Linda? Will I go first? If you want. Okay, well, I just, this one came to mind because um, I served it recently at a bit of a dinner and work and it went down a treat. It's the Petalos um, from Yerzo, <gasps> um, made by the very famous Álvaro Palacios. Fantastic. Um, the formal name is Descendientes de J. Palacios Petalos. I would just No, when I said it, they went to me, yeah, well. Anyway. Lovely winemaker. So this wine is um, lighter bodied. It's uh, 13.5% alcohol. So very much fitting into the trend now for a lower alcohol. And when you're in the summertime, I mean, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be out the back garden having the barbecue and and drinking a big heavy red. And this one is, as I say, bright and juicy, but it has lovely minerality to it. A lovely lighter style of red. Great for, you know, your summer, your summer tipple. Lovely. And what grape is that? 
the Mencia grape variety. So Mencia is your indigenous grape variety grown in, in Bierzo. And um, if you're down in that region, I mean, you know, it's everywhere, but it's starting to creep into the markets now elsewhere, probably still relatively unknown. I absolutely love Mencia. I got one the other day and I said, I warned people, I'm like, this isn't for everybody, but oh my gosh, is it amazing. And I was shocked that, you know, the, the crowd that I was entertaining actually enjoyed it. But I bought it for myself to enjoy rather than sharing it. And um, they, they, they loved it. You know, they thought it was so different, unusual and not full bodied or not too intense that it would take over anything that we were enjoying to eat. Yeah. Um, and we just had like cold salads and stuff like that. And it worked really, really oh, well. Lovely, and yeah. we had like, you know, spicy rice and things like that with chorizos. It was gorgeous. Wow. I know. I know. <laughs> Okay, so my recommendation is um, a, a rosé wine. Okay, great. Uh, Domaine Lafarge. What? Very timely. What? Like I want to have one right now? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so again, we we spoke about magnums um, and this is a wine that is not only a showstopper in um, appearance, but it's a showstopper in substance as well. Uh, Domaine Lafarge, Miraflor, the rosé, it's Grenache uh, Noir and Grenache Gris, uh, two grapes from south of France. Um, but it's not Provence. No, 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 it's not. It's not Provence. It is, which is very fashionable. So this is not there. It's um, it's it's gorgeous. Really, really strawberry, white peach. I know you're thinking tropical peach, but it's kind of a white peach, very subtle. Uh, pomegranate, cranberry, more dried fruits, but then this beautiful fresh acidity and um it's it's gorgeous like it's absolutely gorgeous and it's a tall um structure of a bottle with you know a very long uh, neck and when it comes in magnum also it has a glass uh, stop closure as well so it's a really show stopping uh piece mm. to have for mm. like a dinner party or anything like that and reuse the bottle for your water sustainability and all that uh, so again widely available in uh, good independence and um, I really, really enjoy it. Okay, Antonia, are you ready for this? No. Yes, you what are. What is this? <laughs> Depends this on what this is. <laughs> okay, so the, this episode is getting to know us a bit better. And I just wanted to throw a few little questions like a quiz of getting to know us. How do you feel about that? Yeah, okay. Are you Let's okay with this? I think so. <laughs> Beating okay. my words in a minute. Go on. Right, here's the t- Actually... There's the timer. Okay, here we go. Right. Loire wines. Can Chen- I just ask? Yeah. Is this all you or do, are we alternating? We're alternating. Well, oh, one each? We're not all about you. No. Oh, oh, no. I'll ask you. Okay. And then me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not all about you. Like I want to be talked about here. Like. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Go. Loire wine. Chenin Blanc or Sauvignon Blanc? Chenin. Dry Riesling or off dry Riesling? Dry. I'd love to answer the same questions, actually. This is very interesting. Uh, Verdejo, Verdejo or Vermentino? Verdejo. Uh, swimming pool or beach? Beach. No way. Okay. Definitely. Uh, Northern Rhone or Southern Rhone? Northern. Okay. Pizza or pasta? <sighs> Tough one. Pasta. Uh, would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too hot. Uh, Northern Italy or Southern Italy? Southern. Uh Toronto's or Pinotage, both grapes from South No, they're not both no, grapes from not. South Africa. Argentina and South Africa. Go on. Oh, uh, they're totally different. I know, but just pick one. One is white and one is red. Go on. Quick. Oh. 
Toronto's aromatic Pinot 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 Oh God, no. What um, do you mean? I've tasted amazing Pinot Burgundy Tarte. or Bordeaux? Burgundy. Manchego or Parmesan? Manchego. Cheese or chocolate? Cheese, I think, yeah. Pre-dinner drink or after-dinner drink? Pre-dinner drink. Oops, I would have said. <laughs> would you rather sing or dance? Dance, for Come on, sure. Get up and dance. Yeah, us. look, I'm dancing right now. <laughs> Movies or music? Both. No, pick one. I have to. Pick no, one. No, both. I can't live without either. Cabernet Sauvignon or Cabernet Franc? Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. Are you ready? I didn't even pay attention to the timer. That was all the questions. Oh, okay. Okay. Are you ready? Go on. Okay. Nebbiolo or Amarone? Amarone. Fried chicken, bubbles or beer? Uh, Fried chicken with bubbles, 100%. Okay. Fresh fish or beef? Fresh fish. Mm, With you there. Share an embarrassing wine moment. (laughs) It's not really it. A yes or no question. Uh, let me think about that. So move it on. We're coming back. What's your favourite meal? Oh, breakfast, lunch or dinner? No. What? Favourite meal? Breakfast, lunch or dinner? Uh, dinner. Yes. Cava or cremon? You're not going to like my answer, cremon. That's okay. I forgive you. Fino or PX? PX. What? I know. Oh my God. No. I know. No, no, no. You'll we have, have to, to stop the me. quiz. No, go on. Stop the quiz. We need to talk about this. <laughs> Would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef? I, I actually asked my sister this and I still can't decide. So I think I think I would have a personal chef because I'd eat better. Hmm. Interesting. We have to get into that again. Malbec, Mendoza or Caror? Mm, Mendoza. Walk or drive? Drive. Oh no, neither. <laughs> Be brought around. <laughs> Chauffeur driven. <laughs> yes, please. Share an embarrassing wine moment. Um, have you got any that you'd like to share? Not really embarrassing, more like um, funny. Yeah, go on then. It's not really funny. It's just I was in like Inner Mongolia trying to, you know, explain to rooms of Chinese people all about like that sherry. You can't say wine in Chinese. And I can't even say wine in Chinese. Can you imagine the challenge? <laughs> but um, embarrassing wine moments. Why did you ask that question? Because I don't even have funny. any. No, so the the silly thing that I do, well, it's, this isn't even funny or embarrassing, really. It is embarrassing if this person listens to it. Uh, so Tim Atkin, <laughs> Master of Wine, I really love him. He's so I love lovely. Him. Um, so I went to when I lived in London. I did went to these w- London wine fairs, and he would be there and doing wine walks. And you go, you sign up, and you, he brings you to different, you know sections around this huge building he'd be lost without a map uh, tasting different wines and it was called a wine walk with Tim and I signed up for like four of them because you got to go to the more exclusive tables and he knew people and you got like skip ahead but I literally signed up we went for three days and I signed up for about ten of his so I think he thought I was stalking him You were let's No it wasn't though on purpose it was just the ones that the timing all worked out and then um, he bumped into a friend of mine a couple of years later and he goes oh you were the girls who kept following me around oh and I was gosh. like we weren't but anyway but you're, really you were uh, no well yes maybe anyway hi Tim I couldn't blame you <laughs> I couldn't blame you for following Tim around he's, he's a legend so nice. yeah. he's brilliant since we launched Linda we've been getting a lot of requests around you know 
can we cover grape varieties? Are we going to be covering regions, wine labels and so on? So rest assured we will be. Uh, next week, in fact, we'll be covering wine styles and touching on grape varieties and how to pick out the ideal wine for you. And then in future episodes, again, we'll be covering grape varieties in more detail, regions, food and wine pairings and so on. Um, but I think one of the big ones is wine labels and uh, and how to really pick out a wine that suits you based on the information that you can see on the label. Which sometimes can be a lot of marketing jargon exactly. and other times it can say nada. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. We'll help you out. Can you believe we were just talking about Tim Atkin? And uh, I've just in looked the at pod- podcast studio. Yes, and we, I've just looked at my emails, and what is the first email that appears? It's my mm. weekly Tim Atkin email that was not timed. Oh my God, what's going on? Sorry, my storage <laughs> is full. Anyway, anyway we'll have to it's Tim. Tim. It's Tim, and we love him, even though I've not met him and you've stalked I him. Have. No, don't say that. Sorry. Okay, that unreal. Yes, Tim Atkin. You have been listening to Wine, the Long and the Short of It with me, Antonia Dominguez. And me, Linda Coogan. Subscribe to and share our podcast with your wine-loving friends. Cheers. Thanks.